Hello folks, welcome to the Direct Public Podcast. This uh, is going to be somewhat short, um, but it's just going to be about baseline errors in thinking and time and how everyone is functionally taught to think incorrectly about the whole thing that you and I would call time. Let's just, uh, we're going to cut through the fat and I'm going to just briefly take you to, let's go to, quickly to science class and we're going to discuss time. The standard that you understand to be a second is the decay rate of an isotope of cesium. It doesn't really fundamentally matter. We don't have to go any farther into this because everything here follows. What that decay rate is, numerically, just defines what you and I understand to be a second. If we were to take our organizational model, how do you and I organize our existence slash life slash three-dimensional procession around the sun, which we could, you know, we could articulate our entire lives without ever using the concept, or using the concept of the word time, really, the the word time, but, but we're not looking at a chronology. If we looked at other decay rates, we would vary that which is the second. It would become a different unit. The point I'm getting at is, if I send you down to the cesium well, you are not going to bring me back a cup of time. You're not going to bring me back a bucket of time. You're not going to bring me back a bushel of time. You're not going to bring me back a cup full of seconds. You're not going to bring me back anything. The cesium well does not produce time. Time is an imaginary, and here's where Thaddeus Thaddeus Russell shows up and, you know, like the devil on my shoulder. Time is a construct. It is an imaginary thing that you and I do to delineate our day up into organizational matrices that allow us to function more efficiently. It doesn't perform anything else. And it really only works when it works. You and I are going to set a, we're going to synchronize our chronometers and we are going to meet together for lunch. We're not doing this for any other reason, honestly, than to synchronize all the other activities. Because you and I could, I could show up at 1130, hang out till one, you finally show up for lunch, we could eventually get around to whenever that fucking waiter gets here, and by the time we get done eating, it's dark. That could just be lunch. I understand it's ridiculous, but because you and I have an organizational matrix, you might get something done. I might get something done before one. You, we might both get done eating before dark because we have some kind of expectation about what an activity is supposed to, how, how, with the duration of an activity. How long is this activity supposed to take? And when you synchronize that, you can actually kind of get this, yeah, mealtime and a good discussion, an hour, travel to and from, you know, 30 minutes, another hour maybe. So your whole lunch break that me and you are going to, my day should look like 11 to 1, 
for lunch and your day should look like 11 to 1 for lunch and that way we efficiently use our day instead of discoordinately just wander around pretending the coordination problem isn't real and that you can leave me there for 90 minutes and I won't be drunk when you get there you know what I mean like it's just not going to work out for anybody and we imagine a system because our, your brain functions as two-dimensional space and your body is trapped in three-dimensional space and everybody seems to lose the handoffs between you can't do that with your ass but you can do it with your brain and I don't care what comes out your mouth you can't actually do that you know people don't understand so when you get down to what is time time isn't real time is an organizational construct a la Thaddeus Russell a la postmodernism the thing about time that doesn't have the problem that Thaddeus is constantly battling is time isn't some bullshit construct that was put together in a language. Now, let's be clear. Science and math, uh, you know, math and measurements is, is more accurately, will get you a construct that nobody gets to argue with because you can goddamn measure it. You can pass it around. The constructs of society, politics, that which is not numerically and easily defined. You know, if you have to measure it, you have to have a budget to measure it, at which point economics becomes a soft science for lack of budgetary ability to afford all of the, the measurement equipment you would need to measure a whole economy. So, the fundamental baseline error here in thinking is time isn't real, but everybody treats it like it's real. Well, that's not necessarily... You have to place this organizational method in, it, in context. If for some reason you and I are going to kill each other over five-minute lateness, then, then we're missing the point of the organizational method. We're missing the point that we're supposed to make our lives better by not being super petty over five minutes. But we aren't supposed to be waiting around till 1.30. And then when you show up at 1.30 and get pissed off that I'm drunk, yeah, oh no, that's just on you. I mean, if you had a different expectation, maybe you have unrealistic ex expectations of both how long lunch is supposed to take, how long I'm supposed to wake, and two hours of me and my, me in a bar, and you didn't call, and oh, it was a bar, why not wait? I mean, there's no real reason to get in your ass about it unless I have to be somewhere. And again, it's if we're organizing, we're just trying to be efficient. So... Here's where the concept of time, where it helps us organize, gets wobbly. Because when you try to <clears throat> measure something with time, it's, it only functions in the construct in which it functions. Okay, Time is mathematically precise according to time. When you make a claim that time goes into your math problem, and that math problem will then perform in three-dimensional space, you have a burden of proof. So, everyone is under the impression that time, when you go very fast, stops. This is 100% false. Time can't stop. You imagined it to begin with. The end. It's not ever going to be an opinion. You just have to change your own frame of reference and understand that if at any point there is a wobble in your time, you will end up with an error. The end. So... Here's how I like to break down. How does a very smart man end up saying, telling me that time is going to stop? I look at it like this. Light 
is claimed to be a constant. Well, here's what's constant. Time is a constant because we made it up and we fashioned it to be perfect. The speed of light traveling across the universe travels in what you and I physically as a body would consider a vacuum. But three-dimensional space is filled with ignorant garbage. It's also filled with other forces. To give an example, gravitational lensing. Gravitational lensing has an effect on light. To say it has no effect on its speed is incorrect because any effect has an effect. Has an effect. Now, maybe it's going to negligibly slow it down. Fine. But there's always an effect if there's an effect. The problem you and I have is to claim that light is a constant and then ever, ever, ever say that time can stand still based on the principles of light must be false because your principles of time don't comport to that standard. You can never do math that causes time, the increment that you made up and will remain static for the purposes of measuring this event, you're certain it can't be shaken because it's not real. You will then do your math and when it starts, when your math starts changing the time standard, it looks to me, now I, don't, I haven't done an advanced math on this, I just know that it appears a Mandelbrot has been injected. You cannot take an artificial standard like time because we made it the fuck up and then have it stop because it never started. So you can't say, I've warped time and space to the point where the physical conditions by which I measure it are gone. That's not correct. You made up the, you made your, the, the one thing that you're saying is warping is the one thing that warps. You're saying all in the time and the space affect your math. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm sorry, you're saying all the space and math affect your time. And I'm saying that absolutely 100% can't be correct because you made time up to begin with. So when you find some place in your equation that interjects real life into what you're going to call a constant, that constant has two portions, the, whatever portion you're claiming it's going to do, and then the time standard. Lo and behold, the time standard gets wonky because whatever you interjected in there looks like a Mandelbrot. So you end up with just this asymptotic where eventually time never stops, but, we never, but, but at some point it functionally stops for a three-dimensional human in three-dimensional space. No, it doesn't. Ever. There's no traveling through time other than what you and I are doing right now. One irrevocable second at a time. At no point are we going to go farther ahead in time unless we learn how to plan. That won't be an opinion, but I will appear to be ahead of people in a problem because I've been working on it for a while. I got to 2020 and everybody's looking around for a decentralized legislature. I've been standing here since 2017. So... <clears throat> It's strange how time will function for one person or another, and the reality is your own little hallucinatory perspective is what warps. Time is completely made up. You will never go get a cup of it from the cesium well. You will understand its nature, or you will never understand it. The end. So I've, I've kind of alluded to how you can, you know, this is chaos. This is the fundamental methodology of Carl von Clausewitz and anyone who really, really has their heart set on fucking with you, or more importantly, I, there's very few people in this world who wake up in the morning and say, I have a vendetta against this fuck. It's very few. What we really have is a bunch of humans who look at the world and say, it's me against the world, and that's technically correct. And then they say, I got to go out in that world and I got to make a living, and that's, you know, technically correct. Then the question is, what are they going to do for it? 
and if you start approaching your metrics with some sort of baseline warping, never mind your fucking ethics, okay? We can have an ethical discussion later. If you approach your activity with shitty metrics, you're not even going to know what you're getting done, when you're getting it done, how it's, what am I being efficient in this process? You don't know because you're walking at it with fucked up metrics. So this is kind of, I've gotten in this, uh, you know, I alluded to this with money and currency. You know, money is a, is a commodity and, and I've talked about, you know, gold doesn't rot in, you know, oxygen in three-dimensional space doesn't eat gold. So gold basically preserves infinitely in three-dimensional space. In the same way that a time standard pres is preserved infinitely in philosophical and mathematical space. If, you're, if your math space somehow changes the way time works, you did your math wrong because time doesn't work like that. So you have to keep your standard. You're not keeping your standard for anyone else. It's your standard. But then I look at you in the face and say, I'm not talking philosophy and I'm not talking ethics. Your standard must conform to the three-dimensional entropy by which, by which your life is subject to. And then we get to the ethics portion where you're looking out at the market and you've got to make your living. And you recognize that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And if you can get a bunch of unwitting human beings to absorb your second and third order effects so that you don't have to clean them up and you can do so through legal immunity, then you're going to make your, world, your way in the world at someone else's expense. But if you don't do it with legal immunity and you just do it and you're in ignorance because you have poor metrics and your customer base doesn't know better, then everybody just goes forward in the banking system because the banking system is inefficient, but the bankers are making a living. You get a benefit from having a networked payment system. So you use it. And we don't necessarily complain about banking as inherently being tyrannical. However, a system that can be used poorly by a dummy can be used malevolently by a genius. So I would uh, encourage everyone to go over to um, a website called spaceweathernews.com. And you will hear of a guy named Dr. Ben Davidson. Well, he is a jurist doctor. I don't know if it's officially doctorate, but his name is Ben Davidson. Very good with space weather, not political. But he will teach you an awful lot about space weather and science and about how stuff works. So on spaceweathernews.com, Ben Davidson is going to teach you about a guy named Charles Hapgood. Charles Hapgood seems to be the CIA agent that went into academia and basically spread a bunch of really, really ignorant scientific nonsense theory, um, fake work, however you want to put it. Think of him as a foreign invader that went into academia itself, gave them a bunch of information that they thought was so good that they should just base all of their fucking lives off of it. And lo and behold, any baseline error and you end up in pure chaos. And the guy you want to go look at this is Brett Weinstein. He, he did a first principles um, extrapolation into how the something was wrong. I, I think what he did is he uncovered... I think the reason he got so persecuted so hard is he, re, he discovered that all of the genes and the mice people have been using for genetic experiments for a long time, there's something wrong with the mice. So the, he goes and finds that a lot of these mice come from the same breeding cycle and he and the way he figured it out is why is everything coming out wrong based on the the results 
because there's, um, you know, when you look at 50 studies and they're all not necessarily on the same subject, they're not studying the same part of the body, etc. but you start seeing patterns and errors, certain types of errors show up. So he did some reverse extrapolation and you have to look into more into his work. My understanding is he just uncovered how all of the, the mice that people were testing stuff on all had a baseline genetic error that would cause a certain type of baseline chaos in the findings. And, and then, of, of course, the minute you come up with something like that, you get persecuted because any t anybody doing real science will start having real problems in their life. In the same way that an investigative journalist will have real problems in their life, or anyone in the public who starts uncovering fraud and crime. Lo and behold, they have problems in their life because someone's out committing chaos. They, they look at other people's lifestyle and they conduct harassment and interdiction in their food and supply line. Um, the market is never, never, never tyranny as long as it's voluntary. However, in the market, you could be so rude to someone they don't get a pension anymore. So you have to, you have to understand the difference between tyranny and holy shit, that was a really big mistake, Dave. And, and there's nothing, you know, at a certain point, who is to blame? And the answer is, if you, in your baseline reasoning, find that Dave entered voluntarily into an explicit contract and it went wrong against him, you shouldn't have some kind of statutory recourse. And they call it legal recourse because, again, when you're going to refer to time, or uh, you're going to refer to law, statutes, as science, everything is a matter. And we will, we will call it law instead of lawyer opinion written down in crayon. So, we can't have baseline errors in thinking. It's not an opinion. It's not an opinion. A lot of these things are being carried into the public space as if the, any child should be given a microphone and we can all just let it express itself. No, we will lose all of the minutes in our life allowing ignorant children to waste our lives with irrelevant and non-germane issues. But never mind the irrelevant, never mind the non-germane. One of the tactics you would use to keep someone from getting where they want to go is to just bog them down with the irrelevant and germane. So even when you get past the dummies, you still have the sinister at the end. So the manner in which you really have to scrub the table is, um, Lex Friedman will say you shouldn't be, there, there should be no trolling. And uh, I, I think Eric, him and Eric Reinstein were talking about trolling and, and how it's not, not a good practice. And I, I mostly agree with them, but there is one exception to every rule. And this rule is charlatans. A charlatan should be, should be spoken at like a leper. And, I, you know, a leper we would recognize as a medical condition. I'm saying, a her, uh, not a heretic. I like heretics. I mean, man, all of the words. Charlatan is the good word. Sophist, if the original use of the word sophistry was just someone who makes arguments. You, you would think it's kind of the way someone would, would make a lawyer. But, and that was the original use. But a charlatan is someone who makes an argument for, the, for intentionally, either they don't know what they're doing or they do either way the result of their line of logic is a method that hurts everybody however if you're willing to look at someone else and say whatever argument is made i assume that they it is it is in earnest okay you can assume it's in earnest so so we're not philosophically hating on a charlatan 
we are looking at the clear path of results that you could say, look at this human being's results. Look at what they are proposing. It's ignorance on scale. And that's, that's really what politics is, and that's really where chaos is kind of coming from these days. It's if your baseline perception of any particular thing is off, you're off. The end. It's not an argument. It's you getting your shit together eventually, whenever that happens. So, going all the way back. Time isn't real, and that's provable. I mean, in the sense that you could prove that an imaginary construct is there. Y y there is no time coming out of cesium and the manner in which time affects us all is not physical. It's not real. It's imaginary. So when you recognize that everything you understand to be time is fundamentally an imaginary construct, how can you use pure imagination on someone as a weapon? You put it into their math so that it makes them think that time stops. And I think Charles Hapgood had something to do with this. And if not, um, there's another scientist called Pierre Robitaille, and he is basically getting into certain aspects of physics, and he will tell you Max Planck was incorrect. He's not going to say you know, it was on purpose, but P does not equal NP. You can't, P, P equals not P. No, that's not how that works. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what P is. Math is no longer being performed when P equals not P. That's not math. That's fucking philosophy or something. And Pierre Robitaille has demonstrated that the physics behind that is incorrect. And whether or not he, I don't think he's claiming Max Planck is a charlatan. Charles Hapgood was a charlatan. But Max Planck, uh, I don't think that's the, the argument. I don't think the argument is, is he's a charlatan. I think the argument is the, the way that functions is different. And Pierre Robitaille's done a lot of testing in black bodies and shit like that. So, and, you know, you're, you're six hours of, I'm six hours of Pierre Robitaille into... Yes, he's definitely smart. Yes, he's axiomatically correct on how Max Planck put it together, was put together wrong. Then when you do the testing, Pierre's Robitaille, Pierre Robitaille's testing works along his thesis, and then that therefore disproves Max Planck's theory, but there's a lot there. My point to you is there is no... If, if time is measurable, then it is measurable in something other than the unit of measurement known as the second because we can measure it in any way. So you don't have a physical construct there. You have a physical thing that I could call France, Russia, China, South Africa, Australia, all at the same time, conference call, and say, this is the decay rate of this thing. This is what we are using for our time standard. And all of them will be able to duplicate that without me having to mail them anything other than I gave them, this is how I do it. I gave them my method I didn't give them a philosophy, I gave them a method. And then we all use the same method. And if we all synchronized around a different isotope, we would be, our, our, our day might not have 24 hours and our year might not have 365 days. And we might not have to make up a year every, or make up a day every four years. Uh, I, I don't, I don't care. It's not really relevant to how that system functions. And then I go back to this whole episode is on how do you think is your baseline thinking so erroneously chaotic that it has so many holes in it that anything you place on top of it just has this baseline wobble that's where everybody's head is at right now remember don't put on a mask put on a muzzle thank you for listening
song is over. 